0: This is Bet, Bet MGM, MGM tonight. Uh... Join us for live sweat. Oh! Yes, Let's go, 80, State. 70, That was five. a big balls three. Might minutes big big ball. balls balls thing up three minutes ago. Big balls three. Instant reaction. This is an unbelievable thing for me to see. My favorite team. My true favorite team. Less mistress, more side piece, and maybe a few regrettable decisions.
1: Oh, he's got bust written all over him. can sucks. Jordan Addison ran a five three forty, and he's Tristis height. I'd take him. You know what you shouldn't have done? Bet on the Wizards. Yep.
0: Now, live from Washington, D.C., it's Ryan Horvath, Trista Crick, and Nick Ashu. Although, of course, those Wizards tonight are 56-38 oh, okay. on the Hornets. Pacers a 55-51 lead over the Jazz right now. Miles Turner's got 18 points in there in the, the first half. Still 224 to go there. Big one, Sixers and Celtics. Uh, Sixers have a four-point lead, 53-49. About two minutes to go in the first half. And uh, Clippers up 19-11 on the Nets. Knicks all over the Spurs, 24-10 there. The Victor Wembanyama debut, not a lot. Not a lot going on right now. There was just 10 points. Knicks all over the place with them.
1: He doesn't have the 10, does he? No. no.
0: No, no, no. Zach Collins has two points, though, so there's that. Right. I didn't do anything about with him, that? but I
1: got Wemby under uh, 18 and a half tonight. So I hope he has 18 exactly. You know
0: Me? what? I think that would be perfect. He's got... Does that get, does that
1: get you home?
2: Uh, I need blocks. Points, right? No, I okay, yeah. need blocks from Wemby. Yeah, I hope
1: he has 30 blocks. I hope
2: he sets I need an NBA six, record. I need six rebounds, though, and we don't, we're not close to that. I think he's, got two, he's got
0: two points, uh, one assist, and one rebound yeah. so far. Put not him? not turning the ball over a lot the last couple games for him. Yeah, I know. Two, the yeah. last three games each. I've stayed away from. Those. I yeah. think
2: I think Victor Wembenyama, in all seriousness, might be. Uh, uploading AI to himself. (laughs) Like software updates every night when he goes into the ice bath and he just gets like a new Safari iOS and he just learns like everything that he didn't do right in tonight's game, he will have fixed by next game.
0: Does feel that way. I like that about him. I mean, for a guy that doesn't make any sense when you look at him, you're just like, oh, well, okay. Mm-hmm. At that point, would anybody be surprised? You know, I look forward to the world where players can improve just by uploading information like the Matrix, you know? Yep. I know Kung Fu. Just like that. Like, Keanu I'm Reeves bed, new Kung, they're Kung they're like, Fu. I've got it. It's just that simple. Keanu Reeves new Kung Fu, man. Keith Smith jumps on with us now. And uh, you, know, you know what? Let's start with your Celtics a little bit. I'm looking at a team right now, Keith, that, uh, God, they look like, if not the best team in the NBA, pretty damn close, but... We got the Sixers up four on them, about two minutes to go here in the second quarter. When you watch the Sixers and you see what's going on, not just tonight, but just, just in general for the Sixers team, I don't want to say, like, hey, are they better than what they could have been with James Harden, but it just felt like there was a distraction there, and in some ways, I don't know, maybe he held them back somewhat. Do you see a Sixers team that is maybe, I don't know, has a higher ceiling now, just given the way they're playing without James Harden?
3: I don't know that they have a higher ceiling but but i I do think sometimes you know it's addition by subtraction Mm -hmm. there there was clearly a major distraction going on with him and the way things were going and the way you know things were headed with, with this situation where getting that out of there removing that distraction allowing everybody to just Basically, take their role and slot in and do what they're going to do, that puts them in a great, great place, you know, moving forward. Now, you don't have anybody worrying about, all right, well, when he gets back, what's my role going to be? When he is not around, what, you know, then what do I have to do? Now, everybody can just play what they're going to play and just move forward with it. So, I think there's a chance it's addition by subtraction for Philly. The the ceiling, that'll ultimately be determined, you know, when we get into the playoffs and we'll see do they have enough offense creation and the like.
2: This this question is uh, random, but near and dear to my heart because people are calling me a, Twitter on, uh, a hater on Twitter right now or X or TikTok, whatever you want to say. Uh, what is your thoughts on uh, Cam Thomas and how the Nets have basically allowed him to have superstar green light? Right now, he's attempting the most amount of shots in the NBA with the lowest assist ratio. As you can tell, Keith, uh, I'm not super high on building a team or uh, building an offense around him.
3: Yeah, I think the problem for the Nets right now is they just don't have enough offense. It's a lot of Mikhail Bridges and then they need anybody else who can create their own look. Cam Johnson hasn't been there, he's been out. So you gotta uh, you know, figure things out, sort through it for as long as it's gonna take to get him back on the floor. So that that's been, you know, a challenge for sure, uh, for the Nets. So that's gonna be a, you know, a whole thing for them. So for right now, I'm kind of okay with them letting cam thomas go but i think yeah you're gonna struggle to you know find yourself in a spot where you know if cam thomas is taking 30 shots a night you're probably not going to be a very good team unless all of a sudden he develops into the most efficient score in the world because he's not always doing it with the most uh efficient levels
1: keith it's only a uh, seven game sample size but are you a believer in what the dallas mavericks are doing here early at six and one
3: yeah, yeah, I I think you know what they did really well was they went with shooting and defense around Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving, and that's that's a, a, how you're going to have to win. You know, Grant Williams was one of the best value signings. This summer, because he'll play defense and he'll make open shots. He he did that with Boston at a pretty good clip. We saw him do it also in you know high level important games. So no reason to think he can't still uh, do that with, with Dallas. And then Derek Lively has injected just some energy, some uh, you know bounce into that starting group. He's really figuring it out pretty quickly. And their, their depth is solid enough that they've got enough guys kind of round. Uh, the, the two stars that, that they need so when you build a team like that you're gonna probably have uh, pretty good levels of success so I, I think it's sustainable I don't know that it's you know one loss every six seven games sustainable but I think you know they they should be a top six team when all is said and done in the Western Conference which really you should be if you're building the team around Doncic and Irving.
0: Keith, we're looking at the Bucks right now give up almost 117 points a game, which is actually slightly better than where they were earlier in the season when they were 28th in points allowed. Do you look at this and say, ah, it's a team, got some new players on there, Dame's not really a defensive guy, this is going to take some growing pains to figure out everybody's role on both ends of the court, or do you maybe see a bigger issue in Milwaukee?
3: I think there there's that part with Damian Lillard and some other new guys that are playing, you know, pretty big roles there in Milwaukee. But I think the other challenge that you have with them right now is you've got the uh, the the Bucks are playing a very different scheme. They have uh, you know gone through a period where they're bringing uh, Adrian Griffin's new scheme in, and they're putting Brooke Lopez up at the level of the ball, and the challenge with that is that's not taking advantage of what he does well. He's Even when he was much, much younger, he was not going to be a hedge-hard, hedge-high guy and then quick, hard recover to his man. He was always going to be someone who was going to be, all right, I need to lay back a little bit, and that's just not taking advantage of what he's done and what the real kind of skills um, are of, of him that's made him a defense a player of the year candidate year in and year out. But I'm okay with trying it and trying some new stuff because you're never going to know if it will work unless you give it a shot now. But it's one of those things where I think eventually they'll probably scrap some of that, at least when Lopez is in the game, and go back to what they know works real well for them.
2: Yeah, that's a really good point. Well, what is it time for us to panic about the Sacramento Kings?
3: Uh, yeah, let's see what happens. Uh, you know, it's twofold how long is... Darren Fox out for him. What do they look like when he is uh, fully back in the fold? Because that's going to be something they're certainly going to have to figure out. You know, because it's it's if he's there and playing, then you're probably doing you know pretty pretty well. If, if he's not. Uh, You know, if they're not winning games When he's back, then that's worrisome For them, and in the Western Conference You can't give up too many games There's too many good teams, so you're gonna End up in a spot, you know, we've seen the Grizzlies Are kind of in that spot already And you're gonna end up in a spot, if you're the Kings Where if you look up a month from now And you're five, six games already out of the playoff picture, you're making your task in the second half of the season really, really difficult.
1: If you're a Miami fan, uh, is there any reason to be concerned at all? I mean, you're 3-4, and you're the 10th seed in the East, but really all you have to do is get into the play-in tournament and you're probably guaranteed to go to the finals again for whatever reason.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, they did, there's some of that, right? But it, it also, I think, what you saw with Miami, much like with the Lakers in the Western Conference, but it definitely with Miami, was they ran out of gas by the time they got to the finals because they had to push so hard, you know, to get all the way there. You know, you, you don't want to make that path more difficult if you don't have to. But you're also seeing some limitations of a team that. They didn't make the big trade. They didn't build out their roster because it felt like they they spent most of the summer anticipation of making the big trade. So that becomes you know a major thing for the uh, you know Miami Heat of you know all right you know are they going to have enough? You know we know their top line guys are pretty good, but are they going to have enough to really get you know all the way you know where they need to be? And you you can't just count on every year we're going to get in the playoffs. And we're going to make a run from the you know play in tournament deep into the playoffs because that's just not a sustainable thing.
0: Keith, I'm looking at NBA most improved player right now. Tyrese Maxey's the favorite of plus 225. Scotty Barnes is 5-1. to one, And then Cam Thomas that we just mentioned, obviously 7-1. to Cade's way back at 16-1. to one. It's, it's kind of a weird award. Like, you know, there's no real... It just kind of feels like you have different... Situations every year when a player wins. Sometimes a guy could just jump up and be an all-star. Sometimes it's bigger roles. Sometimes it's new team, whatever the case is. Does this kind of just feel like as long as Tyrese Maxey keeps pace with just the season that he started to have already, this is his award to lose? Or could you see anybody like a Scotty Barnes, a Cam Thomas, maybe even a Cade Cunningham jumping up and maybe winning the award?
3: Yeah, I think... Uh, fair or not, I think a lot of times team record gets Mm -hmm. involved in these kind of awards too, and that probably really shouldn't be. It should just be based on you know, what did the guy do? But, like a guy like Cam Thomas, for example, it's more role. He, he's always kind of been this guy. I don't know that he's any improved. I yeah. think he's just always been a guy who can score buckets if he's given the opportunity, and he's certainly been given it right now. Maxi, I think what you're going to see is can he keep up the playmaking and keep up the defense? If he can keep up those two things, that's much improved because now he's not simply a score. I'll give you another guy though who I really think by the end is going to be some someone that people will be talking about especially if the team can win a little bit is Alpern Şengün of the Houston Rockets. Mm. He is playing really really good basketball and you can see now when he came into the league one of the things that a lot of really smart draft people said was he's not Nikola Jokic so let's not get it confused but there's a lot of Nikola Jokic in his game and you're starting to really see that uh, with Şengün at this point.
2: Yeah, Shangoon's been really good. He, he has dominated Sabonis those last couple of games uh, as well. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i curious your thoughts about some of these rookies, right? Like Scoot Henderson's been injured, but I think maybe he started off a little bit slower than a lot of people expected. Brandon Miller's been kind of up and down. Keontae George finally in the starting lineup. Like, who's been the most impressive rookie so far to you outside of Wemby?
3: <laughs> All right. I was going to say, if we're taking him off the table, I mean, I'll, I'll throw Chad Holmgren in that mix too, because he is still a rookie the way the league classifies him. So I, I think he's played really, really well and done a lot of good stuff. But yeah, you you mentioned a, a couple of guys who, who have looked, you know, yeah, at times I think Brandon Miller is starting to figure stuff out a little bit, and he's starting to get a little bit more opportunity with Terry Rogier out. I, I think it's just Charlotte's in such a weird place. They have a lot of guys at that forward spot. We don't know what it'll look like when they get back to Miles Bridges in the lineup, and when, when that comes, if if it comes, you know, with, with his more recent uh, troubles. So we'll see what that all looks like. But yeah, I, I think it's you know this is obviously it's one Banyamas, uh, you know. Uh, race to lose here, but I think Holmgren has done some stuff for sure, and and I think Scoot Henderson. I I know what you're saying, and I've heard a little bit of that. Where a couple people have said, "Yeah, yeah, some you know started off slow." But I think the one thing is that's a really, really hard position in the NBA to adjust to, especially when your coach is a former point guard. The the, the level of expectation there is quite high. So I'm still very, very high on Scoot Henderson. I think he's going to be a great player. It's just going to take him a little bit to get there.
2: Yeah. Could you kind of just give uh, a little bit more uh, detail in terms of how difficult it is to step in? and be a point guard on a, and have to lead a team as a rookie?
3: Yeah, you're processing a lot right out of the gate. You're running the offense. So not only are you making the calls in transition – Uh, generally, which especially for Portland, they're playing a lot of up and down games right now, so they're they're looking for him to kind of run those things. The guy he thought was gonna be his backcourt running mate who should have made life easier on him, Anthony Simons, got hurt right away. So that makes it a little bit more difficult. Then you're trying to process when you do get into the half or your coach is setting you up and all right, this is what I wanna run and you know, let's make sure we get into it and you're trying to make sure we're on a team with a whole bunch of new faces too that, you know, all right, let's uh you will know, get everybody on the same page here, and that, that makes it... As well, and then defensively, you know, you're you're kind of the head of the snake there at that position. You're the one stepping out, uh, you know, up there. If you're guarding on ball, you're going to be involved in a lot of on ball actions, a ton of pick and rolls. and You're going to put that guy through quite a bit. So I think Scoot Henderson's, you know, he, he's done well considering all you have to absorb at the point guard position. But there's a reason why, you know, everybody says point guards, you got to give them a year or two to really adjust to the speed. And this is even for a guy who played at a professional level for the last couple of years with the G League. The, ninth, the NBA is just a whole different ballgame.
1: Keith, I have to ask a uh, selfish question here as a Bulls fan because I knew it was going to be bad, and I know they won their last game, but now they're 3-5. and five. Um, and they've scored 98.1 points per 100 possessions. They've been outscored by uh, 20.8 per 100. So it hasn't been good. It's been actually worse than I thought. Any chance that they're sellers at the deadline? I know they you know, they bring back Vooch. Uh, they bring back Kobe White. Any chance that maybe they move somebody like Levine? We got about uh, 30 to about 45 seconds.
3: I would like to say yes. I think the challenge is it's just not what they do. You know, under – Uh, Jerry Reinsdorf ownership, they've never really bottomed the team out. It's happened a couple times, but it's happened naturally through, all right, just the wheels came off, we had way too many injuries, and now here we are, uh, the Derek Rozier, for example. So that's the challenge is, you know, unless they are willing to lean into saying, all right, the best thing is let's trade a bunch of guys, really bottom this thing out and be bad, I just don't know that they're going to go in that direction. And that's unfortunate because as the roster Mm -hmm. is built right now, they're never going to be better than a team that's battling around the playing line. And that's just, you know, for my money, that's not good enough. I don't want to be there every year. Thanks, Thanks,
0: Keith. Keith. Always good to talk to you, buddy.